return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Christians lots of times are in captivity. They're held bondage yet by the enemy. And of course, the last thing the devil wants people to do is open their Bible and read it. If you read it, something good will happen. If you, like even taking notes and so forth, the Bible says study to show yourself approved. So you're studying the word. You're not reading, just reading. You're studying the word. Some of you have been to college or at college or so forth, but you study. You're not just reading material. You study it and so forth. You prepare for tests. You prepare to pass things. Spiritually, I meet people all the time. It doesn't matter what church you go to. You can come to this church and be as bound as ever. It's what you want to pursue and hold on to. It's like Jeannie and I say we live in revival because we live in revival. We live in revival all the time. So we're happy in our home. We're happy in our daily lives. We're singing. We're whistling. We're doing things. Because of who? Because of what Christ has done in us. So we come, to, we come to church and we worship, which is something we do all the time. Something we live with. We experience the liberty that Christ has given to us. Amen. So what happens? And it comes out all the time in your life, in your daily life. So it's not like, oh, I'll work something up here to be a witness. No, you just are a witness. You be witnesses. You shall be my witnesses. Amen. Now, it says then in Hosea 4, 6, that people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, their lives are destroyed. So, think about, think about let's, let's just focus on the body of Christ. How many people are in bitterness? They're angry about things. I meet people all the time. They're angry. They're angry. They're in bondage. Their lives are being destroyed because they don't understand the word of God that sets them free. So they're allowing the enemy to do things in their lives. They're allowing it. Now listen, you can pray as much as you want, but you're going to get what you allow. Just understand that. You're going to get in life what you allow. If you allow the enemy to work, well, then that's what you'll have. Someone can pray, pray, pray. Okay, but if you allow it, then it's still going to happen. So people are destroyed. You know, they say, well, I don't. Hey, pastor, I don't. I got the word right here. Folks, I'm smart enough to know that the devil is a lot smarter than us. So if you think, if you think, yeah, I, I, I know this. Let, let me just tell you, the devil is very shrewd. Snaring people, grabbing people, pulling people down. So, so we don't want to be destroyed when Jesus said you can have an abundant life. Amen. If you don't know, if you don't know who your adversary is, you'll never win. Say it again. If you don't know who your adversary is, you will never win. You can listen to Christian radio and they'll they'll never mention who your adversary is. 
You can go to Christian TV and seldom will you ever hear who your adversary is. You can talk about the blessing of God, the blessing, oh, we're blessed, the blessing of God. But if you never understand you have an adversary, you will never win. Because why? Because you have to resist what's not of God. If I want to be free, in other words, if I, if I have a day like I'm really down, I'm really discouraged, I resist it because it's not of God. People say, you just don't understand. We're just really discouraged. We're just really depressed. Hey, the depressed market in the United States is a big market. Okay. But if you don't understand what's yours, then what happens? You just detour, you tend to endure it. Some, some, some groups teach it. It's your cross. So the burdens you carry is your cross. It's your cross to bear, which is not your cross to bear. So you have to know you, who your adversary is in order to have victory over him. It's like if you don't, that's why any team understands your team has one uniform and the other team has another uniform. Right? So, so if we're in the team when we got the blue jerseys and they're in the team with the white jerseys, I don't want to give the ball to the team in the white jersey. But most Christians don't understand that. So the Bible has given us this spiritual emancipation. And yet you'll see most of the body of Christ discouraged, depressed, down, so forth. Not walking in their victory. Only when you know the truth, if you actually know the truth, you'll go after the truth. Amen. If I know if I know what is legally mine, then I'm going to go claim it. If the title of the deed has my name on it, and the enemy said, no, 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 that's not for you, that's not for you, David. I say, no, 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 this is my title, my deed, it's mine. You go after it. Jesus said in John, John 8, he said, you, the truth, saying to the Jews, abiding in the word, live according to the word, it says, then you'll know the truth. Notice, notice the word know. You understand it. Not just know it in your head, but you understand it and so forth. You hunger for the truth. Perceive what it is. The truth will set you free. The truth will bring liberty, right? So the more I know what is mine, the more than I will claim and stand on it. If you don't know it's yours, you'll never stand on it. Think about it. People, people that are bitter towards someone else or towards something else, whatever, and hold on to it. When really it says, no, you don't need, don't need that at all. That isn't part of your blessing. That's a curse. And many people do that. They hold on to offenses. They hold on to things that we're never given, not supposed, not for us to have ownership of. We're supposed to have ownership of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the world, in the world, if we have that, then in the world, in spite of the world, we still can have a smile on our face. In spite of the world, we can still have victory in our hearts. If you read the Bible, then you know where the world is going. 
So sometimes people think, oh, you just don't know all that's going on. In fact, folks, you don't have to know all that's going on. You just know your Bible. But what should that do for us? It should light a fire under us to share Christ. That's what it should do. When most Christians, and I'm just, just the body of Christ, most Christians, they could be at their job and people don't even know that they're a Christian. They don't know what they believe. So when, when you're in this relationship of love and joy and peace, there's something about it that becomes attractive to other people. I know just from the Bible, Jesus said he's the Alpha and Omega. Revelation's already been written. This is the direction the world is going. In the end, the devil is judged. That's true. But right now, the thing that hangs in the balance is souls. Souls. The thing that makes Christianity appealing to people is what, what it does for us. Why would someone want to be a Christian if, if you're, you're just spewing rules and regulations or do's and don'ts just like every other religion does? I travel the world, and I see people from different religions. They fast, they pray, they read their scriptures. They're very diligent. More so than probably most Christians. <laughs> but they're in bondage to darkness. Because it's not the truth, it's not the light. And so they're, they're still in this place of condemnation. But Christianity is different. Jesus sets us free. So if I'm free, if I'm free, then I really become free indeed. Because the truth that I know is like, no, no, I have freedom. So knowing I have this freedom, then I don't want all the other bondages. Not going to accept them. I'm going to accept the truth of what the Word of God says. I can line everything else up with this report and say, there we are, hallelujah. So many people, many people, their lives are destroyed. They don't know the Word of God. But when you do know the Word of God, you know what? You understand and so forth. You get freer and freer and freer. See, in other words, when, when, when you're in this relationship, it's not like, oh, it's time to worship. It's always time to worship. It's not like, well, we'll, we'll, have, we'll go to a worship service. No, I want to live in worship. From the rising of the sun till the time it goes down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. This is how we live our life. This is how we do it. If you know that, it's not hard. It's not hard to sing out to the Lord. It's not hard to shout. It's not hard to lift your hands. Not hard to do anything because why? You've been set free. There's, there's something about it. You know, when Jesus ministered to people, it's like, whoo! Walking and leaping and praising God. Now, how long does that last? Well, it should be a lifestyle. When we got saved, when we got saved, and just prior to marriage, incidentally, today was 48 years ago we got engaged on this date. <laughs> on this date. And we met, so we're going to a Pentecostal, we went to this Pentecostal church, and there's an older brother, and he said, well, you guys, you'll just, you know, we're on fire and so forth. You'll, you'll, you'll cool off. Kind of like in this... And he's insinuating, kind of like, you'll grow up. You'll grow up. 
You'll grow out of those things where you want to lift your hands and so forth like that. It's like, no, I don't want to grow out of those things. And I looked at him and I said, if you're the model for maturity, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want people in, well, hallelujah, I really know the Lord. Folks, I always know you don't really know the Lord. It don't matter who it is. Whenever someone acts that way, I know right away. Oh, you don't know him. When you know Jesus, there's a liberty. There's just freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom in the spirit. There's freedom to love him, freedom to praise him. See, when you know Jesus, you can meet sinners, people that, you know, a lot of people are against sin and so forth. When you meet sinners, it's like, oh, here's some sinners. That's true. Love never fails. It never fails. Because when you're in that freedom, it's not like it's not like you and them. It's like, no, Jesus loves them. You're attracted to them. Something about it. I mean, you, you have something that is contagious. It should be contagious. Jeannie met somebody the other day, way other side of the field, so to speak. And yet what draws them is the love. What draws people is the love. I'll get together with you. Because you're just so nice. And then you start sharing things and say, oh, that's really good. That's what I need. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, the lady who came yesterday. People come. People are hungry. People are looking for something that's real. Folks, I don't want the I don't want to live the portrait that the world paints as is Christianity. Want that. If people ask me, are you like this or this? I say, no way. No, I don't identify with that. There are people look, you don't? I said, no, I identify with Jesus. I identify with Jesus. That's who I identify with. Folks, I don't want the world. And I don't want religion playing its game and so forth and just what we're going to do in the world. No, no, that's not Jesus. Keep in mind, keep in mind. Jesus never prayed for Caesar. He never prayed against Rome. He never prayed against Jerusalem. People say, oh, he prayed over Jerusalem. No, he wept over Jerusalem. Because they didn't recognize the time of his visitation. Never prayed over the city. Never took dominion over the spirits. No, he didn't do that. This emancipation of freedom is individual. This isn't like, all right, we cast it out to all these people. They all got freedom in Jesus. No, no, no. It's individual to receive it. So if I've been ignorant of the word, I'm not going to receive anything. When I know the word, all of a sudden, wow, what a difference. It's really wonderful to live in that relationship. Freedom starts when you desire freedom. If you want to hold on, like a person who's got all these old habits and so forth, addictions and so forth, if you want that, you'll never be free. You can pray for some all these addictions, alcohol, they're all going to leave. They're not going to leave if the person wants to do it. You can pray, pray till you're blue in the face. If they want to drink, they're going to drink. They want immorality, they have immorality. You can only cast out things when a person wants to receive. Incidentally, the Gadarene ran to Jesus, bowed down at his feet, presented himself. Indication of what he wanted to receive. 
Really, we don't get free until we're tired of being bound. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being bitter. I'm tired of being upset. Uh Oh, hallelujah. I'm tired of that. So you begin to pursue, pursue what? Pursue freedom. Begin to go for freedom. You have to want it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to want it. You know, you, someone can say, oh, you got to come to church, got to come to church. Hey, it's a whole different deal. If you, you know, I want to come. You can pick someone up. Okay, great. But I want to be there. Amen. I mean, people act like, well, you got to come. You're the pastor. I want to come. I do this all the time. I, I like these things. Okay. So, so we want to be in his presence. We want to fellowship with people. We enjoy this. Why? Because it's biblical. Biblical. It's a good life. It really is a good life, but you've got to want it. If you don't pursue it, if you don't pursue it, then it's just not going to happen. Folks, now listen, people, people have been Pentecostals, charismatic, years and years. Now the charismatic movement is decades old, just in a history book. And you got people today, yeah, hallelujah, I'm spiritual. And I, I folks, I, I, I'm pretty honest. No, I doubt it. Huh? We don't act like it. If you are, you shouldn't have to inform people that you are. You shouldn't have to inform people of your doctrine. If you really love Jesus and you're in fire, you shouldn't have to inform them. I'm spiritual. I speak in tongues. It's not about tongues. It's about a relationship. It's about living for Him. It's about this freedom that is just wonderful. Jesus said in John 8, verse 36. So he says, he said that the Son liberates you. The Son makes you free. Then you are really unquestionably free. Now this isn't free like, Woo, I got prayer in the Woo, I got prayer in the service. By 3 o'clock, sorry, what's going on here? Well, you're not free then. You had a touch, great. But listen, if you're free, you're free. You're unquestionably free. Unquestionably so that people say, what happened to you? Why? Because it's noticeable. It's not like I had prayer. It's noticeable for the next five minutes. Well, I feel great. No, it's noticeable, period. In your life. On Monday. Or Thursday. Or whatever day it is. (laughs) Now, if he makes you free, you still have to make choices, right? You still have choices to make. You still have the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Right. So that's how we get freer. We make choices. Man, I'm going to get in the Word. Boy, that was really a good word. I'm going to get into more. Get into more. Keep reading more. And I've read it cover to cover for so many years, many, 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 many times. And it's still good. It's still delicious. The Word is tasty. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's very, very good. Romans 6, it says, verse 12, it says, uh, uh, Sin, notice the word, let not sin reign in you. In other words, don't allow it. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't allow it. <laughs> so don't, don't allow sin. Listen, if, if someone said you had cancer, how long do you want it to stay there? Well, not long, right? If you, if you had cancer on your skin, how long do you want to stay there? Let, let, let's get rid of it today, right? 
Let's get rid of it today. Don't allow it. You know, it's not like you put cream. Let's put some cream on it. And it's not too really. Let's cream it up. It's not bad. No, you don't allow sin to stay there. Notice it said, sin shall not have dominion over you. But who allows it? It's what you allow that will rule in you. So if I allow sin, sin will have dominion. If I allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will have dominion. It's a choice. So we can pray. Prayer is good to help and so forth. Jumpstart. All right, here we go. But then you have to do something. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to do something. You've got to claim it. If someone, if someone went in the United States and said <clears throat> they're, they're living in a certain county, they're registered and so forth, and they go to vote and someone says, you can't vote here. You can't. We don't, we don't let you vote here because of your skin color or whatever. You'd say, wait a minute. No, no, no. I can vote. And you'd stand on what was written. You'd stand on the law. You'd stand on the truth of what's there. Right? The same thing spiritually. You stand on what you know to be true. Sin shall not have dominion over us. Now, verse 19 is a good verse. Verse 19, it says this. Speak after the manner of men, firmity of your flesh. Notice the word yielded. If you yield to uncleanness then your fruit will be iniquity. If you yield to righteousness, the fruit will be holiness. Now, yield is what I'm going to allow myself to do. So if, if I allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's nudging me to go toward things, the things of God, I'm going to yield to that. Ever notice you sit down to read the Bible and all of a sudden you're tired? Or people are tired on a Sunday morning. I was really tired this morning. Well, of course you are. You know, I mean, once you're tired on a Sunday morning, I haven't been able to sleep in. Go sleep. Find another day. Take a nap or something. What you yield yourself to is what you become. You don't, you don't just naturally become with poor behavior. The Gadarene, it wasn't like overnight, oh, legions of demons. Oh, he's just all this stuff. Doesn't wear any clothes. Cuts himself. All that. No, no, no. It's gradual. Yielded. Yielded, yielded, cutting himself, doing things, throwing off his clothes, wearing no clothes, yielded. They chain him up in the cemetery. An anchor in a boat helps you to be stable, to, to stay in the place you should stay. If you don't have an anchor, waves will just cause you to just little by little. You're not even aware. You're fishing. Fishing all of a sudden. Whoa, we're against the rocks. How'd that happen? If you're not in the Word, the Word in Jesus helps to be an anchor. If you're not in the Word, it's very easy to drift. People drift all the time. Oh, Pastor, you know, oh, no, I can't, I can't make it to church. But you know, we love the Lord. We love the Lord. It's like, you bet you do. The devil will take people a lot farther than they plan to go. Folks, I know, I know people, they're drinking, they're doing all kinds of stuff, but bless God, they love the Lord, and I'm thinking, they're a pretty sad state. What story were you saying? Oh, <laughs> well, just, we, we had, we've had people that have never been to this church before, that have come to us demonized, and 
And when the demon says one thing, but when that person talks and they said, I wanted to come to church. They wanted to come to church, but derailed by the devil. They're demonized. They've never even been here. But out of their own mouth, I wanted to come. The devil wants to keep people away, like from here, from knowing the truth. If that people can go to a place they don't hear any truth or just hear some whatever message, whatever. Well, he's not afraid of that. Keep occupied with the world, fine. Have a lot of fun. But to hear the truth, because it is the truth that causes you to get free. It's powerful. It is powerful. Wow. It's tremendous. Tremendous. It says in 2 Corinthians, just a couple more verses. 2 Corinthians 3. So it says then, the Spirit of the Lord, <clears throat> there's liberty. Emancipation from bondage and freedom. And so then it gets, we both behold the Lord as in a mirror, like in the Word of God and so forth. Notice what it says. We're constantly being transfigured into His own image. Constantly being changed from one degree to another. So the Spirit of the Lord constantly brings change. It's power to change. Now, all of us should desire change. Amen? You should desire change. You should desire freedom. It's like here, we, we want the worship team to do what? We want them to be free because they're helping the congregation to do that. We want them to sing in the Spirit and so forth. Why? Because it's unnatural. It is supernatural. Very few congregations in the world will sing in the Spirit. All they'll sing with their understanding, sing a hymn book, you know, sing a song, great, sit down. But not much change. But there's something personal and powerful when you just begin to sing from your heart to the Lord. Why is it hard for people to do that? Because I don't know what I'm going to say. I feel self-conscious. And that's why we should do it. We break those things down. People say, well, Pastor Dave, it's easy for you. No, I was raised a Lutheran. And I was a good Lutheran. With all my Sunday school pins. And we were all prim and proper. And everything was new. But I had to yield just to what the Holy Spirit was doing. So I got set free from alcohol. Born again in a bar. Set free. Hallelujah. Life began to change, 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 change. Even, you know, we, we, we helped start the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at SDSU. But listen, you always have to keep that in the right perspective. It's not the Fellowship of Athletes. I said this to an FCA leader one time, and they were a little offended. I said, no, it's a fellowship of Christian athletes. Amen. Understand that. Big difference. All right? Big difference. So change, you've got to desire this change and this freedom, and all of a sudden you just begin to keep changing. Amen? Amen? I was with somebody yesterday, and they, they were talking about the, this Catholic priest, and they were being ordained, and so they were laying on the floor face down. Catholic priest laying on the floor face down. In image of the cross. And hands were laid on him. And the Catholic priest began to shout for Jesus and began to speak in tongues. And, and everybody was like, oh my, oh my. And th this priest thought that was normal. He didn't know to them it was not normal. <laughs> to them it was normal. Or a good friend that we knew for years from Esteline pastors, they've shared here and so forth with the Lord, but they came back just, just beat up from being in the mission field in Madagascar. And they came back 
And he's in St. Paul, Minnesota. This was the time for the charismatic movement. And he's laying on this platform. And they begin praying over him in tongues. And he said, I don't want that. And he said he felt like, like this, this weight pushed him down on the carpet. And pretty soon he just began to speak in tongues. He yielded. He yielded the Holy Spirit. Began to speak in tongues. And his wife did. And, and then he said they went back in the mission field. They weren't going back in the mission field. When back in the mission field, people began to get delivered and set free and so forth. Power God. So you want to desire. Turn to your neighbor and say, desire it. He changes us into his image. Amen. Change, transfigured into, notice, his very own image. Be like Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, be like Jesus. Amen. Be like Jesus. So he breaks yokes of bondage. What are that? Old yokes from the past. He breaks oaks of negative thinking. Again, we claim things as, well, this is how my family is. Well, that's fine. That's how your family is. But now you're in a new family. You're in a new family. So we change. Amen? It changes religious activities from works to grace. Changes denominationalism rather than our dog tags, who we belong to in the world, but it's who we belong to now in Jesus. Amen? Amen. So just the last verse, Ephesians 4 says, we put off the old man, we put on the new. Constantly, I'm in the dressing room of God. I'm in the Word. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change out of that old thing. I'm going to change that attitude. I'm going to change this way of thinking. I'm going to change how I see this person. I'm going to change the things that I do. Amen? It's spiritual emancipation. It's liberty. It brings freedom. Let's just lift our hands a second. Lord, thank you for freedom that you give us. You give us freedom. Freedom, liberty in the Holy Spirit. You are changing us into your image. Hallelujah. We desire your image, Jesus. <laughs> we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your power, Lord God. We thank you for working in us that which is your good pleasure. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That we are free people. Hallelujah. Freedom in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for this freedom, Lord. You are so good. You are so good, Jesus. We lay aside every ought, every offense, every piece of anger, every work of the flesh, old habits. We lay it off. We choose you, Jesus. We choose life. We choose blessing. We choose who you are, Lord God. And Father, I thank you through this place and over online, through, through this going around the world, Lord God, I thank you for bringing liberty. Liberty by your Holy Spirit. Liberty through the Word. Liberty knowing what is ours that you give us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, shout it to him. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God.
Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let's thank Him. Amen. Mm. <clears throat> I, you know, there's all kinds of songs. Let's just stand for a second. There's all kinds of little old songs that says, There's victory in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's victory in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's victory in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. The only name I love. Well, there's joy in that name. That wonderful name of Jesus, there's joy in that name. That wonderful name of Jesus, there's joy in that name. That wonderful name of Jesus, the only name. Now, now we're going to change something there. Not going to change the words, <clears throat> we're going to change the expressions. It's not joy in that name. Wonderful name of Jesus. Now we're going to change the expression. Okay? So now. I want you to greet somebody, but it's got to smile. Folks, if you can't smile, we'll pray for you. Come on up. But, but uh, uh, go smile. Go smile to somebody. You got to smile. Smile. Amen. Let's do that. Now, just practice it. Go bless somebody right now as we sing it. Well, there's joy in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's joy in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's joy in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. The only name I love. Sing it again. Yes, there's joy in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's joy in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's joy in that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. Come on, bless somebody again. Come on, bless somebody. There's closing you. There's victory. Yes, there's victory in that name. That wonderful name of Jesus. There's victory in that name. That wonderful name of Jesus. There's victory in that name. That wonderful name of Jesus. The only name I love. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bless your neighbor. We'll see you this week. Wednesday's going to be a great day. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.